This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Ladies, have you been led astray? Did you diddle where maybe you shouldn't have dabbled? Have you been unfaithful to your husband, wife, partner, main squeeze? Well, there's a judgment-free podcast just for you. Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, hosted by Rebecca Adams, tells the stories of these women from their perspective, anonymously and without judgment. I met the first man I had an emotional affair with online. He was far away, but he provided me with all of the emotional validation that my marriage was lacking. The first time we talked, he showed an interest in me as a person. It was refreshing. If you need to come clean, get it off your chest, confess your sins with no Hail Marys required, then Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is the podcast for you. And remember, it's completely anonymous and judgment-free. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today. for another special edition of the Michael Deacon program. And of course, we are joined right now by a very special guest, Robert Bonomo. Let's bring him right in. And now Robert is with us live. How are you, sir? I'm doing real well, man. Nice to talk to you again. I lied. We're not live. (laughs) I was trying to get you excited. That was good though, right? Yeah. It got me scared. I'm like, are we really live? I got worried there. But no, this is a pre-recorded show, ladies and gentlemen. You will hear it back on all popular podcast platforms out there. And yes, my guest today is Robert Bonomo. And it's been a long, long time, my friend. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, I guess a couple of years. Pre-corona, for sure. Has it been that long? I think it was pre-corona, I'm pretty sure, if I can remember right. Or was it during COVID when you were here? Not quite sure. No, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, my memory's a little cloudy, but of course, I'm looking at the peyote button there on that fist. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, yes. And not too long ago, I enjoyed a trip myself, I have to be honest, but not with peyote, with LSD. But that's a whole other story. We don't want to take up too much time with that. We've gone over that in the past. But yes, I was uh, taking a little trip uh, during Halloween. Was that your first time? Or it, no? it was. Oh, wow. How did it go? It was the best experience in my life. 
Fantastic. It was beautiful. You know, a lot of times that first one is special. It was very special. It was so lovely. I could spend like two hours talking about that trip, to be honest. That's great. But yes, it was amazing, Robert. I, I loved it. It was everything I've ever hoped for. And it was something that made me really uh, appreciate life even more than I already did. And have you ever done mushrooms? Of course, yes. Oh, you've done those before? Absolutely, but not acid. Oh, okay. Okay, cool, cool. Because you know what comes next? Oh, yeah. The DMT, baby. That's what I'm told. I'm kind of scared of that, though, to be honest, to go that far with it. I, I don't know if I'm ready for it, Robert. I'll put it this way. You're, you're in uh, Southern California? Right. Well, so imagine you take a, you get on a plane and you fly to I don't know, Vietnam or Thailand or somewhere in Africa. That's LSD. You get on a rocket and you go to Pluto, that's, that's DMT. That's DMT, yes. That's a <laughs> dimethyltryptamine, so by the way. You want to really take off, man. That's the next step, right? Yeah, and I would recommend the 5-MEO. Really? A more spiritual trip. Interesting. Um, why, though? Just, just because? Because most people say the 5-MEO is a, it's more powerful. Right. And it has more of a spiritual sort of a tint to it. Okay. It gives you a little bit more. Because remember McKenna when he talked about doing DMT, the regular DMT? Yeah. Mm -hmm. With the little machine man and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. The 5-MEO is a little bit different. It's not so much that the it's, – it's a different experience. And I've, I, that's what I did. And I've read a lot about people doing you know both. It does seem like the – if you're looking to like meet God – do the fire <laughs> <laughs> to meet God. Yes. Um, yeah, again, I'm not quite sure if I'm ready to, uh, to do that, to jump all the way through. I know that is the next step and the evolution process here, but yes, um, maybe one day I will, I don't know, but for now, don't do it until you're ready though. Yeah. You have for, to be ready. Cause I've yeah. seen people do it when they're not ready. So imagine you're like, got your arms around one of those Saturn rockets and it begins to take off. And then you're like, I don't want to do this. I've seen people do that. They're like, stop. stop. And you can't stop. <laughs> so, yeah, well, right. that's the thing. You know, I have seen someone smoke DMT in front of me and it uh -huh. was pretty intense. You know, all I kept thinking was, my God, if I did this, I, I can't even imagine it would be uh, like a bomb dropping like that. <laughs> It'd be terrible. You got to go into it thinking, you know, if, if this is it, it's okay. You know, you, that's where you have, don't, you can't go in thinking about, well, you know, I'm nervous. You got to go in all the way. And if you go in all the way, you'll get a much better, uh, better trip whack on the head. Okay. You know? Well, I'll keep that in mind if, and when in Rome. Yes. There you go. Yes. I'll, I'll keep, <laughs> yes. I'll be optimistic about it, but yes, the next uh, step I'm sure would be, uh, something along those lines, but in a few years from now, we'll give it time. We'll give it time. Yeah. Exactly. Give it time. Yes. And Robert, by the way, I did enjoy that article you did send me that you did a write up on. That was quite mm -hmm. interesting. A lot of it did resonate with me. A lot, you you uh, captured the moment quite well, that brief time in history. Well, I shouldn't say brief time in history. I should say that uh, life changing time in history. You know, I went back and read that article and I realized I really did capture it. You did. In, 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 a, in a, I mean, you, you talk about your own work this way, but when you go back and read it, it really, I, I nailed it. It was a good read. It was a good read. And the, and the thing about the clocks and the oranges, with the vaccine, it just became more. It just amplified that, that divide. 
Oh, yes. And he told us to see it now. And Robert, by the way, I'm sure you're not vaccinated, correct? Um, Not really, no. Not really, no. What, what does that mean? Well, I was almost, I actually, I got the first shot because I, I had to. Oh, and then no. I failed on the second one. You succumbed to the jab. Well, because it was a thing with work, man. I teach at a university. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You do work at a university. You are out there for sure. And so that is something that is mandatory. And yeah, in the beginning it wasn't. And then um, they're like, you got to bring us the... So I was like, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll take the first one. Oh, man. So I, actually, actually, I'm one of those weird people who's had the first jab, but not the second. But I had to do it. Yeah, I you, mean, it got to the point mm-hmm. where, you know, they said, you know, if you want to work. Yeah, they're going to fire your ass if you don't. And I, honestly, I mean, I don't have money to get a lawyer and all this kind of nonsense. Yeah, you so don't want to go through any of that. I mean, if I if I were super rich, I would just tell them that, you know, to jump in the lake, so to speak. Yeah, but, but not could, everyone has you know, that luxury to sort of tell people to pound sand and you'll do whatever the hell you want. Not everyone has that sort of thing going for them. So, yeah, you have to scratch and claw to get your way through life for, for most normal folks out there. And yes, I can understand that, Robert. You have a great position. You don't want to lose it. So of course you're going to have to do as they say. You have to obey or else you'll be all, you'll be out in the street by the river. Yeah. So, but I got out of the second jab. So, you know, what are you going to do? And the interesting thing is I had already had COVID. That's right. Okay. So, you know, um, I, I, you know, I wanted to mention something that came out yesterday that is possibly is possibly the most important, I think, uh, paper I've read about the whole corona thing. There's new data on this. Um, what do you pronounce it? Omicron? I believe that is the proper name. On the Omicron variant from South Africa. It was a really interesting study by South African official people with tons of data. And it showed something that was shocking, absolutely shocking. People with natural immunity. And it's very interesting. They only published the data about natural immunity, not vaccinated immunity. But follow me here, because if what they published turns into also people with with the vaccine. Yeah. It turns out that people with natural immunity were 2.3 times more likely to get the Omicron than people who had no immunity. That means no natural immunity, no vaccine. So what does that mean? It's the famous, uh, you know, immune escape. They call it antigenic antigenic sin. So basically, your your immune system gets primed for one type of uh, pathogen, and that opens the door for another. It makes it easier for the other type to get in. Um, if this data is true, now there's one problem with South Africa is many, many people have AIDS. I think it's 20% of the population has HIV. Yikes. So it's a lot of HIV. Be, yeah. So it could be that there's a connection there between HIV. Could be, but it doesn't. But if this turns out that with the vaccine, it's the same. Well, that's what what they were saying. You know, that's what they were saying. If you get vaccinated or get COVID, your chances of contracting HIV and AIDS and all sorts of other things have greatly increased, they say. You know, that that I don't know. That I don't know. But what I do know is if they have the data in South Africa, and if the data says... People who are vaccinated are 1.5 times more likely to contract the Omicron than someone who has no immunity. What do you do if you're a government official in any country? Do you tell people, yeah, go get vaccinated? <laughs> you see the problem there, they could have. 
And I read this paper and I started, I went to, I went to look at all the famous epidemiologists and they were all kind of silent. They were saying, well, this, that, but this could be the real, the, the whole end to, to their whole, their whole campaign. This could be the end because how can a doctor tell somebody get the vaccine if you have the data in front of them saying it will make you more susceptible, right? not less, more. Now, what they're going to try and say is, this is what they're going to try and say. This is my guess. Now, I'm speculating. This is pure speculation, so I want everyone to, but that paper is real. You can go find it. Um, what, I'm spe- what they're going to say is, yeah, you have a better chance of contracting the virus, but you have a better chance of survival. But then the math gets dodgy because, you know, that means 2.3 times more likely to get it. That means you have to be, you know, what, 150% less chance of, you see what I mean? It gets, the math gets very, It gets weird. Yes. It it makes no sense, to be honest. They keep moving the go post back, as they say. And I think they could be up against it. This is a really weird moment, isn't it? It really is. It's a strange moment in history. And I've been thinking, how is history going to remember all this? Yeah, and I, I think it's, it goes – like that's why – I'm really glad you read that article because I think it goes far beyond just oh, yeah. coronavirus. It's, yeah, there's, there's more to it, of course. It's the entire worldview. I mean the belief in science and progress. I mean if you think of the West, really, there, there was always – the pinnacle or what we believed in was God. God. Until probably the Enlightenment. And that's where and we're going to go. Enlightenment on, we and, believed in progress and science. I was just going to quickly add, and that's kind of where we're headed – towards right now in a moment um, in terms of God and what you've been talking about your, your entire life here, your, your work with esotericism and so forth. Um, we'll, we'll tie everything together because it all goes hand to hand. Go ahead, Robert. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And, 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 and I'm, not gonna, I'm not trying to give a sermon, but what I mean is that belief in science and progress that you and I were probably raised on. I mean, you could come from a religious family or a not religious family. But yeah. What you really believed in was science will figure it out. We will progress. Technology and um, academia and these things will push us forward to a better place. That was a fundamental belief in, in the entire West. You could go you know, from Russia all through Europe, North America, Australia, Japan. We believe this. And I think we're stopped. We're, we're getting to the point where it's not working anymore. People don't believe in that anymore. And there's no God to fall back on because let's face it, most people don't don't have that deep medieval faith in God. Not anymore. So yeah. So what do we do? Oh, you're asking That's me. Cool. I thought it was a hypothetical. Yeah, well, I mean it is hypothetical. <laughs> but I'm, what I mean is we're we're at one of those points where something has to fill the void. Yes, I agree. And what's terrifying is what is beginning to fill the void quite effectively is a is an ideology that's terrifying that's basically it's like you know tribal that sort of tribal wokeism it's terrifying because do we really want to go back to that is your is, is are we going to believe in is you know the group identity i don't know if that's where we want to go some people want that though for whatever reason oh yeah oh yeah a lot of people want that some people want to be told what to do some people want daddy to tell them what to do some people want their hand to be held that's why some people rush to the uh, authoritative sort of figure. Yeah. And you see it on the left and the right. Exactly. Yeah. If you look at the far left. It's all identity politics. And if you go to the right, the far right, you know, you're getting into identity politics on the other end. And I'm not sure that's where we want to go. 
I don't think so either. I think we want to go forward, not left or right. I, I agree. And, uh, but the problem is, the problem is, you know, it's like when you go to prison, what's the first thing they tell you when you go to prison? Pick a side. Hang out with your own kind. Hang out with your own kind, right. That too. Don't, don't play Mr. Woke in prison because you get your ass kicked. Right. So, you know, when, when the shit hits the fan, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. You remember in the, in, in the summer when the George Floyd stuff was going on? Sure. That was a, that was a crazy time as well here in America. Oh God, it was insane. You remember those people who were lying down and kissing people's feet? It was it was incredibly nauseating to see that sort of thing. And also, I must add, um, seeing him sort of uh, immortalized the way he was uh, and sort of held as some sort of champion for X, Y, and Z, uh, having sculptures of George Floyd, uh, truly disgusting, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. And I found two things about that really disturbing. Well, three things. One was <clears throat> it was the sort of the on switch for this woke revolution. Right. I, mean, I was shocked the other day. I was reading the AMA, the American Medical Association, guidelines, basically their woke guidelines. It was insane. It was like Soviet-type dogma. Um, that the, the fact that what, what happened there, and I know this is very controversial, but I watched the whole video. I didn't see that as racist. Nobody was capable of saying, you know, if George Floyd had just, if you had switched everything, just made him a white guy, same size, you know, guy, you know, obviously he was, he was intoxicated. And would, would there have been, I, I, I don't, I never, I never saw the racism. There. Now, I do agree that the cop, you know, he went too far. Yeah. I mean, you watch the video, the guy, you know, that something went wrong there. You know, it's police malpractice. Sure. Yeah. I mean. It could have been handled differently. Yes. Yeah. And if that had been a white guy. I don't I really don't think anything different would have happened, except that the cop probably instead of, you know, winding up in jail, probably would have been fired or maybe gotten a couple of years for whatever manslaughter or something like this. You know, they wouldn't have, you know, tried to crucify the guy. But, yeah, did he do something wrong? Obviously. But and the other thing was, which I think is the worst thing, the whole the worst thing of the whole the whole George Floyd thing for me was George Floyd could have been every man. Here's a guy who, you know, made his mistakes. Tried to start again. Yeah, it's just a regular guy. Minnesota. We all make mistakes, right? You know, there's a, the redemption stories. We like redemption stories. The COVID comes, you know, and things go south for him. He starts taking his drugs again, you know, the passing counterfeit money. And, and it ends. It could have been a story that everyone could have identified with. It didn't have to be identified with him because of his race. And that's a real shame. That's a real shame. Because he could have represented something like, you know, how many working people in America have gotten are we allowed to use bad language? You could use any four-letter word here. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, how many working-class people on the edge have just gotten fucked by the coronavirus? Not they plenty. Odin or George Floyd or, you know, died in a fight or whatever. He could have represented all, you know, a lot of people. But no, it had to, it could only be people of a certain ethnicity. And you know, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. Well, that's what sells in the media. You know, there's it's a clear quickly. agenda going on. A very clear agenda that's been going on since the, I would say, mid-2000s. It's when they really started to roll it in. Yeah. I marked that period for me. This is just for me. The beginning of Obama's second, um, in the second four years. When, what was the kid in Florida? Um, what's his name? Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin, right. I, for me, that was a turning I wrote, I wrote an article about that, that. And for me, that was a turning point. Something happened with that. That I thought was this, this, it was like 
something changed. And from that point on, they've been pushing an agenda. You know, I, I find it, when I'm on Twitter, I really try not to get in fights with these people. And I just say, you know, have you guys read a history book? You know, you, you go to NPR and they say, white people, check your books. You can't. What are you talking about? I also think George Zimmerman should not have followed uh, Trayvon Martin, to be honest. Yeah, he was like stalking the kid. Yeah, I don't think he should have done that. You know, in the same way I think Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't have been out there, you know, with a gun in his hands, the same way that that pedophile he killed shouldn't have been out there to begin with. I feel like a lot of these people had no fucking business being out there to begin with, to be honest. Let's just be logical here and rational, yeah. right? Let, let's be honest. But if you look at the Trayvon Martin in the Zimmerman case, yeah. what is that? That's what we used to call tragedy. Yes, sir. Two young men they shouldn't have died. make a mistake. Yeah. They both made a mistake. Zimmerman shouldn't have been stalking the kid, and Trayvon started fighting with him. So they both make a mistake. One lost his life, and one almost spent the rest of his life in prison. So if you're the president, what do you do? You say, look, you know, this is tragedy. These are two young people who both made mistakes, and it, it turned out. It's just not worth it, you know, in the end, when all these things come to a, a conclusion, it's just, you know, more trouble, to, to be honest, and it's yeah. worth. And a lot of people seem to just get, get crazy and just follow through recklessly, and then someone dies or you end up in jail. Exactly. Not worth it. And why couldn't we have looked at that, that case as just tragedy? You know, people make mistakes, and they both made mistakes. It's, you know, something that, you know, you can learn from. Don't look for trouble. And, you know, if trouble comes, you know, the best thing to do is just, just avoid it. But being logical doesn't sell. Being emotional and yelling and being insane, that's what the media wants, though. I mean, that's what drives them all the ratings and all the cash. But you see, the problem is you're absolutely right. But the problem is it's disgusting. Work the, media. the problem is if we keep pushing this, eventually, eventually, it's, you, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. So what you do is you put people into different tribes. And if anyone's ever opened a history book, this, how does this always end? It always ends badly. Oh, yeah. Always. And our, I think we've gone over the tipping point. We really I don't have. think there's any way to go back. I really don't. Right. And we're seeing it around the world with uh, COVID and this new strain. And some people, some doctors out there are saying that it's being blown out of proportion uh, people are overreacting. That's what one doctor was saying. I believe I have a clip of that. Um, do you mind if I, I play this for you, um, Robert? Sure. Let me see if I could um, get this rolling here for you, and hopefully it works. People who identified this variant, um, and you're also one of those who's been criticizing the complete overreaction, as you see it, in the UK and Europe and elsewhere around the world, shutting borders to South Africa and other African nations and uh, moving to panic stations. Why do you think people are overreacting? So, um, Julia, very good question. Uh, you know, we only became aware of the clinical picture of the virus around about the 18th of November. And um, no, we didn't miss it before. If you look at our infectivity rate um, uh, on that Monday and Tuesday, it was still, um, even on the, the 18th, it was still less than 1%. Today, we are, or yesterday, we, st we stood on a 9.7%, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, by the way, this is this woman by the name infectivity of... Infectivity rate. Um, it did start in... Well, I thought I heard her name here. I think her name is like Dr. Angelique Kowetsi, by the way. 
Right. I, I think I saw, I saw, I've seen an interview with her. Yes. Dr. Angelique Coetzee. Um, let's hear the rest of this. We won't play it all, but I just, you know, just a little clip here. In um, uh, uh, Twane or Pretoria, this is the epicenter. This is actually um, where I'm also working full time. And um, because I'm part of that Ministerial Advisory Committee on, co on Vaccines, uh, it, you know, I am in the background very much involved in this. And uh, so when I saw the first patient, and also very important to understand that about between eight to 10 weeks, we virtually didn't see any COVID-19 new cases. When this patient came in, um, he incidentally also made an appointment for the rest of his family, young man around about 30 years of age, and sitting in front of me and saying for me, doctor, for two days, I'm extremely fatigued. Um, I've got body aches and pains and a bit of a slight headache, which is very suggestive of, of a viral infection. I decided to test him and it became positive. And I then tested the family and they're also positive. The one is a baby of four months, and um, but the baby didn't have any symptoms. They brought the baby then into me to, to double check. So I then saw four or seven more patients that day. And because the symptoms were more or less all the same, it's the, the fatigueness that actually is the major um, driver of bringing them to the surgeries. I then alerted the VMAC again, um, I've got access to that, I'm part of them. And so listen guys, here's something wrong. I have seen patients today tested positive. It's not the Delta variant. And why can I say it's not the Delta variant? In the third wave, I myself personally test, uh, treated um, more or less 600 patients um, physically in my surgery, not on an, any media platform. So I've got quite a lot of experience around this. And um, these symptoms, not the same. It's very mild. And up until today, the patients that we've seen are mild patients, mild symptoms. Um, and uh, the ones that I have seen from the 18th up until now, um, all of them recovered, none has been admitted, no oxygen uh, necessary so far, and also no um, so, indication of any oxygen Okay, so 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 you yeah, so you a you know what you're talking about. You've been at the sharp end, and South Africa had some you know very nasty uh, Delta wave, no doubt at all. Um, you believe so? It's not that big of a deal, in other words. World Health Organization. Oh, I'm hopeful, and I've been following this pretty closely. And my wife's a bacteriologist, but she works with virologists. Oh, okay. So I'm used to reading academic papers and working on academic papers and stuff. And I've been following this pretty closely. I'm hopeful that this is really the end of the whole coronavirus because this is the final way. You know, what people don't realize is the Spanish flu came and it went. That's right. Right. It, you know, there was no vaccines, no test, no genome, nothing. It came, it killed a lot of people for very specific reasons. It killed a lot of people because of the war and men being close to each other, et cetera. And then it left. But we don't know how many variants were, there were. And this is probably what happens at the end. You get a variant that spreads much quicker than the Delta, but it's much, much less virulent. And all of the accounts I've read from this is, I think the best one was a guy said, it was funny. He was, a, he was like a regular dude. And he's like, man, this was like a two-day hangover. That's <laughs> it. It's like a bad flu. There have been no deaths yet. The hospitalizations, there have been, has been no pneumonia, so no problems with the lungs. And you know what? The cure, the end of the coronavirus, I really hope, I'm, I'm really optimistic about this, is this variant 
because it spreads so quickly. The Omicron. It will just spread across the world, and that's it. It's over. Once, you, because once you have immunity to it, then it can't, then it can't get you again, and we're done. And all this nonsense with vaccines and the booster. Well, you know, if you remember early on, before they rolled out the vaccines, they were saying, "Oh, this is the cure. You'll be a hundred percent immune after this. It'll be, um, it'll be all honky dory after you get the vaccine. You'll be fine. You'll be safe." nothing to worry about. I mean, now they're not really uh, saying that anymore. They're not really pushing that out there anymore. I I, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, if oh you my ask God, me. That, yeah, that narrative died in the summer. When it went away. It, it, com- went away? <laughs> it completely went away, that whole narrative. Oh, yeah. When the Israeli data came out, it was after six months. The, the vaccine does almost nothing. So, I think that's pretty – I think that pretty much says it all, to be honest, you know. <laughs> it was a big um, fail. Yes, it was a big. And then, of course, when the UK data came out, that basically, I remember it was really interesting. I was in class, I was teaching this. One of the kids said, "You know, um, we're all vaccinated. You have to be vaccinated." And I said, "Well, you know, if you're vaccinated and you get the virus, your viral load is the same as someone who's not vaccinated. You spread it as easily." That's right. You're lying. I said, "I'm what? Imagine a student telling the teacher you're lying." I know that's ridiculous. So I just said, "Look, UC Davis. Here, here's the academic paper." Here's the abstract. I read him the abstract. I had it on the, you know, on the screen. And we said, so what's the problem? He's like, something's wrong with that data. I was like, what do you know? This is UC data. I mean, UC Davis. And so, you know, these are virologists. It does nothing. The only thing the vaccine probably will help, you know, it probably saved some lives. You know, and the people say it didn't save any lives. It probably did save some lives. I'm sure it did. If if you were completely... Uh, com- if your immune system was completely compromised, yeah. maybe it might have helped some people out there. But for sure, you cannot say it helped everyone because a lot of people did die from the vaccine. Look at all the soccer players that got blood clots. Look at I, I mean, you could you could keep naming names, all the celebrities who drop like flies. Um, and, you know, that also takes me back to when COVID was first coming around and you would see all these videos on Twitter of people hitting the ground. They're just like passing on the ground. You know, I've been waiting to see that here in America, but it, that never came to fruition. <laughs> I kind of got disappointed, to be honest. Yeah, this this has been this. I really do think that the whole Corona um, a bit of a scion is the death of our belief that's been here really since the Enlightenment. Our belief in science and progress and institutions. How are we ever? I mean, if you look at the people who question. Just question the narrative. There's not many. There, really, there's a lot fewer than you think. Because, you know, we, it's true. We, we, we live in these silos. But the people who can just question the narrative and who aren't, you know, dogmatically crazy from, you know, who just say, you know, I'm not sure about this. Logic tells me that. You know, every day you just see more and more people just saying, you know what? This is complete bullshit. And they, they don't know what they're doing. And is there some kind of grand conspiracy? I have no idea. It Maybe. It's, it's kind of strange, though, when you think about it. There are, there are correlations between 9-11 and what happened here with COVID. You know, what, um, what correlations? Well, the correlations between both having these sort of active drills around the same time these events unfolded. Like the morning oh, of right. September 11th, there was a, an active drill. Military games were going on. If you look back... They were quite active, yeah. um, and same thing with 
COVID-19, there's something called crimson contagion that also happened around, um, I think, January to August 2019 about a, a deadly virus, uh, a novel influenza respiratory virus starting in, in, I believe, China and then spreading in Chicago. And all of this was going on. And but that, I think, was already set up to test for, for the corona because you've seen the event. Was it event? Uh, what's it called? Event uh, 201. You know, 201, right? Right. Yeah, a lot Did of these things were already underway for sure. All of this was already set up to happen. I know they wanted to do it with Ebola early on as well, but it never came to fruition the right way. The same way I think COVID-19, the virus, it was just a bit of a science experiment. You know, we worked on it here in America. It sort of made its way through Canada and uh, through China. And um, that's, you know, there, there's a lot, if you look at it, it, it seems like we had a lot to do with it as well. That's probably why we haven't gone over to China and, and wrecked them completely. I feel like we had a hand in it as in the, in the whole creation of the virus as well. And someone accidentally leaked it. Well, I, I say that loosely accidentally because I'm not quite sure what exactly happened. Everyone's been so quiet, so we don't exactly know what happened. Um, so they say. Yeah, I think no, I, I think all mainstream all all people who are informed agree that that this came from a lab. It's suspicious, yes. The funding either came directly or indirectly from um Peter Daschik and um in the Echo Alliance, funded by funded by Fauci, and through a third party, of you're course. You're familiar with the event two zero one from John Hopkins? Yes. You saw the video. I remember I did. the news clip, the fake CNN thing they made at the end. I did see that. Yes. Do you remember that? I showed that to my class in February of two thousand twenty. I think it was February, end of February, and they kind of were like, "Yeah, you, but you're into all this stuff." And I said, "Yeah, but just watch this." A month later, we went into lockdown. And right the day before lockdown, I said, let's watch that again. That's funny. You, can, you should have seen their faces. One of them, she was so funny. This one student of mine, I, I like her a lot. She's got a lot of, uh, you know, spark in her. Sure. She goes, teacher, you jinxed us. It's all your fault. <laughs> you jinxed us, yes. <laughs> but if you look at the event 201, I'm surprised that that hasn't become, especially when they did that newsreel at the end. When you look at that, it is creepy as all hell. The only thing I have a hard time – what I have a hard time with is that someone did this on purpose is if you game this out, it, it, it just – there's no way to control it. It's so – because viruses mutate, how do you control this thing? So I have a – I think it's, it was an accident. I, I really do you think it was completely an accident? An accident that, from the lab. Mm -hmm. It was a lab leak. It could happen. I don't think it's possible. Let's infect you know, part of Wuhan because I lived in China. Um I lived there for what a year and a half, almost two years. Now I taught at a university there, and I know people in the party. I know how they operate. I know their mentality. You know the people in the CCP. No, I know people who are in in the you know low level people in the country. You know, like maybe ten percent of the population in China is. In the, you know, if you go to a university, all the deans are in the party, all the deans, and all the full professors are basically. So I know people at that level, not high level. Um, but you know them, and what you when you talk to them, it's very hard to, to bring up the topic. But when you get to the party people, and I knew I had two friends who were a little bit higher level. They're incredibly conservative. So to get to move up in that bureaucracy, what you have to do is be a total yes man, take no chances, do nothing, 
do nothing to rock the boat. It seems like that. I know I interviewed a guy that lives in China, and he was very pro-CCP. Pro-CCP? Very. Why was he pro-CCP? They did, they did nothing wrong. They're, they're great. That's a great government in his, in his mind. Well, I mean, you could make, you could make, you could make that argument um, from a purely, from a purely sort of uh, standard of living type of argument. It's incredible how many people have gone from poverty to, you know, middle class in China. To wealth. Yeah, a lot of people have, for sure. I just don't think personally I would enjoy uh, my stay there if I would go. Oh, no, don't say that. China's a great country. China's great? Okay. And the people are fantastic. I love them. I'm sure the people are great, though. Yes, I'm I'm sure there's normal folks there, of course. Yes. Oh, yeah. And and the thing is, I I loved being in China. I had so much fun. Um, but you just got to stay away from certain things. Sure, exactly. You got to stay away from trouble. You got to stay away from politics. Um, the Chinese are obsessed with eat. So you eat, you drink, you chase girls, and you make money. That's it. Forget about everything else. You know, you get into culture and you get into politics. They're, they're, that's a good way to get in trouble. Yeah, that's so a different stay thing. Stay out of that and don't make too much money. And if you make a lot of money, you better, you know, make some important friends quickly. <laughs> yes. You better share the wealth. But your average middle class, you know, your average like butcher in Chicago and your average butcher in Beijing, man, their life's basically, there's not a big difference. I mean, it, I think a lot of people think, oh, China's just like being police. Hey, no, not really. Not it's, quite. It's, it's a different, it, but you just got to be real careful, you know, on certain topics. Yeah, just like anything else, to, you know, that's the way it's getting here in America now, too. You know, you have to sort of dance around certain things as well now. Unfortunately, and by the way, you said you you showed that footage to your students. Um, did you ever yeah. show them any footage of of Gates and any of his um talks? You know, I didn't. I just because I find Gates so annoying. There's absolutely nothing about the guy that's you know just to, to watch him speak just bores the daylight. Out. You mean this guy right here? The next epidemic uh, has a good chance of originating on a computer screen. This guy bores you. Terrorist intent on using genetic engineering to create a synthetic version. He he is rather annoying though. You're right. God, he's got that very nasally voice, and he's just so unoriginal. There's absolutely it's like a very clever guy. Who gets to like dominate the world? This is no, no, no. This is just not right. There's something wrong about this. I wonder. I, yeah, I just can't stand that. I wonder how well he knew Jeffrey Epstein since they did exchange money. Oh, of course, of, co- of course, and and we know that Bill likes. You know, he likes his uh, his young girls. So, do you think that's I mean, why Melinda left him? Well, that seems pretty. I mean, she's no dope. But what is she going to do? I don't she's think like, she's. I was going to say, I don't think she's an idiot. I think she's like you know the time has come, Bill. For us to uh, part ways. And, I can't uh, even imagine being friends with Jeffrey Epstein. You, did you watch Rogan's interview with uh, Steven Pinker yesterday? No. I, to be honest, I don't listen to the the, the powerful one. Oh, I, I like Rogan. Well, I don't, Rogan I don't dislike I, him. the same ethnicity. What did he we're say? Both, we're both Irish and Italian. We're born the same year. So I, I kind of like what what that WAP say? You know what he said was fascinating. What he said? I would watch this clip. It was Pinker good. Is on there doing his Steven Pinker thing. He's mm-hmm. annoying as hell. <laughs> yes. But Rogan goes starts. I don't think Rogan knows that Pinker was friends with Epstein. So Rogan goes, "Yeah, oh. Epstein. That's a conspiracy. That guy was killed." <laughs> and then Pinker's like, "Well, well, Joe. You know, I, I did meet him, unfortunately, and I had a few pictures taken." Oof. And Rogan's like. 
Rogan, he wrote, I don't think, I really think Rogan just didn't know. He goes, before conviction or after? You know, before the first conviction. That's and, a good question. Like, you should have seen him squirm, dude. That's He's a good like, question. What? He says, once after. Ooh. And I did fly once on his aircraft. Ooh. Like, whoa, shit. So did the Bill Clinton and so did Donald Trump. So, the only thing that know. I think saves the Donald Oof. is I think he's more into the porn star thing, not into the young girls. That probably saved him. Well, I mean, we don't know that for a fact. I mean, you know, public opinion, much different than private opinion. You know how that goes. I mean, just look at just look at uh, Tucker Carlson and his involvement with Hunter Biden. You know, it's another story. What do you mean with with oh Tucker Carlson knew Hunter Biden? They knew each other quite well. I believe uh, Tucker was trying to get his son into college at one time, and they exchanged uh, emails. I believe that was uh they were it was hacked recently, not well a couple years back, I believe. So this sort of email resurfaced from years ago. Um, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. It was it was around 2015, I believe. And did you see the sex tape with Hunter Biden? I saw a lot of I saw a lot of strange footage from our friend Hunter Biden, uh, America's next president. That's what I like to call him, um, because I, I truly know, I truly you know feel that speculation that that was the niece. I believe I believe that was the niece. Indeed, I believe he was kind of in this sort of incest sort of thing going on. Uh, our boy Hunter Biden, um, you know, he's 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 a freak. You know, he's does all kinds of crazy things uh evidently and yes that was very strange by the way hunter biden the laptop um everything about it very very weird that whole family very very goddamn weird but yes tucker carlson also formerly of cnn so i mean there's that yeah and, and that hunter biden i mean the hunter biden that those tapes nobody ever i can't believe that didn't become a story Imagine you're a journalist at the New York Times, and you see this, and you hear that the girl on this tape could be his niece. That is crazy, right? Who remember he dated he dated the mother after Oof. the brother died. That is disgusting. That's what I'm saying. That whole family is really weird. And so that nobody thought that that they're saying, well, that's that's fine. But there was something weird going on with him and the in the niece, and nobody went after that story. Was it Ashley? Was that her name? You know, no, Ash isn't Ashley the younger. The daughter of the Biden. Oh no, that was yeah, that was with a Joe Biden. By the way, there was that diary, rather right, that talked the about diary. That's why I'm saying that whole family is really, really goddamn weird, to be honest. And that's why I also say Hunter Biden. You know, if he would run for president, I, I kind of believe he would. He would have a great shot. People love crazy assholes like Hunter Biden. To be honest, they would be like that guy. He's kind of like me. I sleep with my own family. I smoke crack. I I share needles. I'm all about Hunter Biden. Oh yeah, I mean Hunter Biden. He'd probably be <laughs> holy shit. You know, he he'd be a great president. I mean, I put Hunter Biden in there with like W. Like W is, I think, basically Hunter Biden cleaned up a little bit. You, you think know, like, so? You, know, you clean a guy up and you kind of you know make him presentable. I think W was kind of like Hunter, sort of a cleaned up Hunter. Like, well, he did have his days. That's true. He didn't have his days under under the sun. Let's let's oh, yeah. not make any questions about that. Um, but yes, all these people very very strange, and it's really disgusting. This sort of archetype that they've taken on. To be honest, but the problem is that this used to be funny. 
I mean, we used to be able to laugh at this because we kind of believed in our institutions and we sort of kind of had a faith that things would move on. You know, we have our bumps, but, but I think there's a point now where people really think that it's over. That, because remember, a country is just an idea. And it's an idea that people believe. It's like a currency. Currency is just a piece of paper that people believe in. Just like a country is a concept that we believe in. But if you stop believing in that, in that country, remember, things fall apart really, really, really quickly. And I really think that we're like on a roller coaster and we've gone over the top. You know, when you begin that and your stomach starts like, oh, shit, here we're going down. We're at that point. I really think people need to wake up and go back to basics, like basics, like know your family, know your neighbors, hang out with people that you've known for a long time who are like-minded. And when you meet with them, leave the phones outside, leave the phone in the car, go on, a, you know, on the porch, drink a few beers or whatever you like to do and make human connections with people who are like-minded that you know, because there's going to come a time where, you know, you're going to have to find, we're going to have to find people we can trust and you can't trust some guy, you know, on Facebook for two weeks. You know what I mean? Very true. And this is a very, very odd time and in America, as we were saying earlier. And I don't see an end in sight. I think it's just going to continue to get worse here. It, it is. I think it's from outside. You get a little bit of a better view. You get a little bit more perspective. And you see how things are decaying at a rate where I really think people need. And I'm not saying, you know, go nuts. But go back to basics. Connect with people on a human level. People, you know, people you've known. Yeah, enjoy life again, uh, in other words. Enjoy, yeah. Exactly. And be ready that if the shit hits the fan that, you know, you're not going to go to your, you know, whatever group on, uh, you know, on Twitter or Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever. No, yeah. you're going to need real people. Yeah, it's not going to help. That you can connect with. Um, and I've had a little bit of experience, say, with, um, oh, with some of these organizations and how they get infiltrated. And they're all infiltrated. All of them. A hundred percent of them. You have to be real careful with, um, you know, what you say, what you do around people that you don't know, especially if you're talking about, you know. Yeah, that's why it's best to, that's why it's best to stay quiet when you're out there with all these other animals out there in the streets, because you never know. There's lots of people out there with the lights on, but no one really home, to be honest. And I would be very careful what you say at work, what you say online. You got to be careful, yeah. And you, when you got to say something like that, it's with the phone out in the room and, you know, on the porch. And there's no phones, and then you can speak your mind. But be, I would be very careful now because things could accelerate. Because the next the next shoe to drop is the climate thing. They're, they're they're prepping it, and so the next thing is if we can get people to you know wear masks and uh, stay at home for six months. When they bring on the the climate change thing, you know the world's going to end in six months if we don't all sit in our pods. And uh, you know that's the next thing they're going to try and pull. And that, you know, there comes a point where people have to draw the line and say no, right? Right. But this whole self-censorship thing, that needs to end, though. I mean, we've been forced to sort of shell up, though, because we are in fear, in a way, of the repercussions that will certainly come our way just for opening our mouths and letting the thoughts flow, the but sort of consciousness battle. flow here, the a divine consciousness flow. Go ahead. Sorry, Robert. Yeah, just but choose battles carefully. Yes. You don't have to fight every battle. Yeah, you don't have you to don't. die on every hill. Exactly. You don't. And so you need, you know, with there are certain people that you're not going to, you know, change their minds. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. You've got people you know. I just mean in those groups that you know that you connect with, 
keep them, keep it the people who are family, people you've known a long time, and be very wary of any sort of new entrance. You've seen how this works. They send a guy in. Yeah, yeah. It's be very careful of anyone who wants to do anything extreme because they're probably working for the feds. Right, right. And that all ties. Yes, and that all ties back to the archons. <laughs> I believe this has a lot to do with it as well. It does. And it doesn't have to be something, you know, the archons is a is a term from Gnosticism. Um, but it, it doesn't have to be something esoteric or religious. It's you know, the control mechanism. And you know, if you just take the if you just take a very simple look at history, you know, normally we lived in groups for the first hundred and fifty thousand Really, basically, almost 200,000 years of human history. We lived in groups of 100, 150. That was it. So when you went to war, it was because, you know, there's another tribe there who wants to come steal your wife and kids. But now, what, what they've done is they've hacked us. So our brains are set to protect small groups, but they say, no, 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 you have to protect the United States of America and go fight this guy, and this guy's evil. What are you talking about? You see what I mean, how they've hacked us? They're hacking us, and they're doing it with our consciousness, and that's exactly what the Archons we're all about exactly so that's why i'm tying it all together as you would say and I, this goes well with your work and we're, we're seeing it all come around right now this is in real time we're seeing this happen these people out there they, they are perfectly possessed by these archons the world leaders i mean this was all kind of a joke when you would hear these sort of wild theories that you know these uh, reptilians are out there but now you're starting to find out that the archons basically are the greys the the reptilians that's what these things are yeah i mean because remember all those stories about reptilians and these things these are myths they're they're myth but i don't mean myths that it's a myth is a story that has a has a has a, a kernel of truth in it that's right and if you believe it literally then you're lost then you're eating the menu in the restaurant no the menu points to food that's coming out of the kitchen Remember, the stories, these myths, are pointing to something that's true, but you can't believe them literally. But yes, of course, these people, and, and we know who they are. Just go to Twitter and look at everyone who's got a blue check by them. You know, they're basically telling you who they are. Oh, yes, that's the symbolism. Furthermore. Yeah, yeah. But yes, you hear all these stories of these gray aliens wanting to harvest the soul, wanting our consciousness. And that's kind of what Elon Musk is doing right now with the Neuralink. You know, they want to sort of download our consciousness into a machine. Um, you know, that's pretty nutty shit, if you ask me. But that's what's that's what's going on in the world. Well, I mean, if you if you take the materialist materialist worldview to its you know, logical end, that's what you get. I mean, is the point of life living as long as you can? For some people, they want to live forever. I'm not quite sure if I want to live forever, but I definitely want to sort of live long enough to where I see sort of the end of the world, like an end time scenario where, you know, the sun is getting closer and it's going to hit the earth. It's going to destroy the earth and earth will be no more. And man has to decide, am, am I going to sink with the ship or am I going to go to another planet and survive that way? Am I going to terraform somewhere else? Um, that's the point in history where I want to be. You know, I just want to be taken uh, to that time to enjoy the spectacle, the light show of the world going down, I guess. It's pretty fucking dark. But to be honest, I'm pretty sure it's going to be an amazing light show, and I would like to be there. Um, as insane as that sounds, I'm just being honest. Oh, yeah, I would love to see That'd that. That'd be crazy, right? It would be bizarre. Oh, my God. 
I would love that. Robert. I think it's three billion years, though. I, that's the only bad part. We need a time machine. <laughs> we need a time machine, um, Robert. We need to pay someone and uh, get this in order. I want to be shot into the future to experience the amazing light show in the sky. That's crazy, you, Tom. Do you honestly believe that 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 human civilization could last another ten thousand years? At this pace, I think it's possible, but it's going to get really grim. And that's why I'm saying um, our civilization will have to leave this this island Earth. You I, really think that's possible? I really think that might be possible. They, they've been saying we've been leaving. We've been leaving. We've been living, leaving to, to Mars since the 60s. That's what they've been saying. But I don't know of that for sure. But that's what they claim. Do I know that for a fact? I don't know. But people that worked in uh, high government positions have um, sort of told me that. The only thing I would say to that, I, I was I've been fascinated by the whole UFO topic. So I've always found it super interesting. But in the last couple of years, with the government coming out and almost promoting it, it's kind of weird. It makes no sense. And and assume if if you assume people are smarter than you know, assume they're not idiots. Why would they start promoting this whole thing of the, the, the um, Tic Tac UFOs yes. and Commander Faber and all this stuff and all these high-level people? And there's got to be an agenda there. They don't just do that because they want to inform us. Right. right. So why are they doing this? I have a theory, but I don't know. I've thought about it. Oh, I mean, do you have any ideas why they would want to inform us? Not quite sure. But, I mean, I don't trust the, the government, to be honest. It seems like this is sort of a distraction of sorts. Why? I don't know. You know, but, I've thought about it, and there's a couple things that can come to me. The really wild, crazy me, who I love this idea. And there's an Australian journalist who's really good. He was uh, one of the guys on the Australian 60 Minutes. He made a documentary on UFOs that's really good. His theory is this. This just sounds total bullshit, but... Part of me wants to. It's okay. It. A part of me wants to believe it. He says that what these UFOs are, and he says he's gotten this from you know high level intelligence, whatever. You know, they always say that. He probably just got stoned one day and came up with this. But I like it. He says what they are is they're us coming back in time, and they know that something is catastrophic is going to happen soon related to nuclear weapons or the environment or something like this. And what they're doing is trying to prepare us to actually change timeline. Now, this guy says this, and he says that um, – what's his name? Alizondo? Luis Alizondo, yes, that guy. Alizondo is also kind of on this trail. I don't really trust him either, though, to be honest. I don't trust that guy at all. He's so full of BS. You know, because I, I can't tell you because of, um, you know, it's classified information. Then why the hell are you doing then this? Then why even say anything, yes. Yeah, go back to work for the man. The other theory I have, which I think is more sinister, is – if you want to convince people that the environment is you know, climate change and all this, that this is this is the end. We either change now. We have 10 years to, you know, lower carbon emissions by 50 percent or the world's going to you know blow up or whatever they say is going to burn up. If that's the agenda to control the world, what better way than have it brought to us by the, uh, you know, whoever they are, the, the Martians or wherever the hell they are. You know, there's some message. We get a message. There's contact. And contact says, you must change the course of history or the world will end. They've been saying you know. that forever, though. That's the other, you know, that's the other part of me, the more rational part of me, the more Carl Sagan part of me that 
you know, says, you know, the lack of evidence, no extraordinary evidence, no, I mean, the lack of extraordinary evidence kind of sums it all up. Um, you know, I'm kind of on that sort of thing as well. And, but you know, I really, no, but what I'm saying is that they're just going to make it up. Yeah, that, that too. But, um, but yeah, I'm sorry. I, I cut you off there. They are going to make it up. I mean? well, yes. Yeah, it, it, it's just fake. It's all bullshit. Yeah. I believe that's kind of our, our own government sort of testing their own toys. Mm-hmm. Essentially. And stealing an enormous amount of money in these black budgets. Right. More money is, is exactly what I was thinking of. I mean, so you get black budgets, you get control mechanisms that now, now they've done the test. They've run the test. If we tell people the world's going to end and we tell them to stay at home, don't leave your house and wear five masks and take a bunch of shots, everyone says, yes, 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 please. Well, you know, why not go all the way? Yeah. You're seeing it in Australia. People are going all the way out there. Did you see that girl? That video of that girl when they brought her to the camp? <laughs> I, if, if it's the one I saw, I, yes, I think I did see that one. She was a cute girl. They came. The cops came to her house, basically dragged her they dragged, camp for two weeks. Yeah, that is the one. What the hell is going on out there, right? People are losing their minds. That's Australia. They're supposed to be, I thought, you know, like the super modern, you know, hipsters. Well, I guess they, I guess they're a little too hipsterish. I mean... They have that uh, those COVID camps out there, the Howard Springs facility. Yeah, now I'm telling you, man, this is this is we're getting to the point where it's going to get really it's going to get really crazy. The institutions are completely collapsing. Look at university. Does anyone trust academics anymore? I don't think so. Corporations, the I mean, the CDC. You know, good God, the American Medical Association. All of these things, it's like, what has happened? They've been infected. Um, so it's going to be a period. You know, are you familiar with that whole thing? What do they call it? The uh, That Strauss-Howe theory of the fourth turning, the generational theory? I don't think I'm completely familiar with it, but yes, I've heard people talk about it before, yes. And, and they basically talk about, you know, there's four stages. It's like 20-year cycles. And what we're in is, is the we're in that like, 19, basically we're in that 1939, 38 period where it's the end of the fourth cycle, where you have a big change. You need a cri- there's a crisis, then there's a war. And after that war, then you start again. Then you yes. go back to spring. It does seem like we're back in a cycle. I mean, especially now with what's going on around the world, it seems like we're having a repeat of 2019, 2020 coming up right around the corner. They want to justify locking things down again. And hopefully this time people just, you know, draw the line in the sand and they say no. We're done. Yeah, so we're going to end up like the people over in Australia. And uh, Howard Springs, here's a clip, by the way, um, Robert. So, so what's, what's the guy? So this, I'm going to give you a warning, yeah? It's an official warning that you have to stand your balcony and obey the rules while you get, yeah? And that's, we have to go to the rules again. I don't care. So am I allowed to go to the background. laundry? You're allowed to go to the laundry, but you've got to wear a mask, yeah? Yeah, right yeah. You definitely can't go up the fencing road, but you like to go to the laundry, yeah? That's always been the case, yeah? Right, so if I was sitting just here, which is right near the fence, why are these guys in a cabin that's right near the fence? It makes no sense, does it? Yeah, but you can't leave your balcony to go to the fence to talk to somebody else. That's what's obvious, yeah? So if I was Again, at that balcony... Have sense. It is. We always have, there has to be lines everywhere drawn, yeah? And one of the lines is you cannot leave your balcony and you cannot go to someone else. Where it makes no sense, where it doesn't seem right to you, that is the line, and that's what the law is, yeah? And that's how it goes, yeah? The law. Well, the show direction. There's a law that says show that. Show direction, yep. There's a show direction, yeah? And how the behavior must be done, especially in this area, because it's much more highly infectious. 
lucky to have infected people, yeah? Highly infectious when all of us people are negative. So far, the risk is still very high, yeah? yeah. While you're here, so can we just do that? Otherwise, the next time it's a $5,000 fine. We don't want to do that. It's a $5,000 fine if what? If, if you breach again. If, if I walk out onto that path. Without your mask on, for no reason. $5,000 fine, by the way. Holy shit. What the hell's wrong that with this I've guy? You've got this cute old... girl there. I'd be flirting with her. <laughs> that's that's a pretty expensive fine, by the way. I could have five grand. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, five grand is still five grand. It's a big fine. It's amazing. Yes, and this you know, is coming to America, quote. most likely. Remember that quote from uh, Jefferson: "The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants." We're at that point. The tree of liberty, eh? It's a little dry. And it's time that people said enough. Yes, it is that time. And if it's that time, you know, it's that time. It means enough. And it doesn't take that many of us. And 15% of us, we just say enough, enough, enough of the nonsense. Yes, it's no longer a question of whether the government will lock us up uh, for define its mandates, but when. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a matter of when we lock up these people in the government. That's another one, yes. Um, I mean, remember, you know, just read the Declaration of Independence. The government is created by us for us. And if it's not serving us and protecting our liberty, we lock them up. And that's where we are right now. We will see what I mean, happens. I think it's that clear. Yeah, we'll it's see what happens. Um, it seems like we're really, really kind of um, lackadaisical when it comes to these sort of things. We're not really like uh, the rest of the people out there protesting around the world. I mean, there are some yeah, yeah. protests, but not the way it was when George Floyd died. But those were organized. They so were. Things yes. need to be organized. And someone's got to get out there and organize it. And it's that time. It's, you know, there, I mean, I know that there's people out there who are ready to do something, but now's the time. You know, it's, it, we can't wait till next month, next year. No, it needs to happen now. I don't see any alternative. I don't see this fixing itself. With the people who are in power now, it's not going to happen. No. It's not. I think we're doomed. And we see the path. If we leave the people in, who are in power now, we, we leave them there, we know where they're going to take us. We know where academia is going to take us. We know where uh, Silicon Valley is going to take us. Yeah. No, we're good. And by the way, since we are coming close to the end here, Robert, I did want to ask you just a few more things here as we wrap it up. And of course, I got to ask you, I'm sure I've asked you this in the past, uh, but for the newer listeners out there, do you sort of follow any religion at all? Are you a religious man, Robert? It's a difficult question. Um, probably if I had to say a little bit what religion I am, I would probably say I'm a Gnostic Christian. A Gnostic Christian. Okay. So that means that I, if, you know, if you say most Christians would say, if you read the, um, you know, do you believe in the Apostles' Creed? No. Um, but I always consider myself a Christian. I was raised a, a Catholic, so I would call myself a Gnostic Christian. Um, but I have a very strong, I've been very influenced by Advaita, Advaita Vedanta. But I still, my, I think my, my core would be more Gnostic. Okay. Well, since you said that, um, do you find any credibility in the Bible when they talk about microchipping? No. Do you think that's just more like, you know, sort of a, a silly thing that someone wrote long ago and people sort of take this thing a little too literal? 
You mean, do I think that, you know, somehow that the message that in a couple thousand or whatever, in uh, 2000 years, we would be microchipped? Yeah, we're because, already, you know, I talked to you. Yeah, we've been microchipped. microchipped for sure. I just I have listeners in Sweden. And of course, they always send me these articles about, you know, the, the, the passports that are out there, you know, with the implantable microchips that are, you know, Which in people's hands know. now. What what how many people do you know that don't have a smartphone? Everyone. And I, I tell them that. I mean, you kind of already have. You're already chipped. You're kind that, of. That yes. smartphone knows more about you than the wildest dream of any guy in the 1990s talking about chips. It knows everything. It knows more about you than you know about yourself. Yeah, you already forfeited all your information, except if you killed someone and you have an iPhone. Um, the FBI, you know, you're probably safe since Apple won't unlock your phone. So you, you can murder someone and, you know, have your phone perfectly sealed and you won't have to worry about the FBI. <laughs> that happened. That happened I'm in sure Anaheim, actually, a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. So we live in pretty wild times, in other words. Um, but okay. yes, I, I, I don't know exactly. I'm not. I'm uh, heavily religious, but there are lots of listeners that are. So they send me these things. They say, oh, this goes along with uh, Revelation and what they talk about in the Bible. And I don't really get too caught up with any of that. I just say, well, that's a pretty interesting in coincidence. Opinion, those are myths. That's what, yes. That have truth. But the, if you mm -hmm. take them literally, you lose the truth. Right. I'm with you on that one. You shouldn't take it all. And, yeah. you know, for word as literal literal truth there you you should not but some people do more yeah. power to them though that's fine the mind will believe whatever the mind wants to believe no absolutely it's like if you ask a christian what does the cross mean how many christians can even explain the symbolism of the cross they wouldn't know and to be honest i don't think even jesus would want you to hang that up around your your neck at the, the cross would be very offensive <laughs> to jesus they would. He, he would think. It, it does mean something very profound, right? A lot of people don't even. They don't even get it. But so but, I mean, it, yes. But it's not like you know. It's the cross. It's what it signifies that you have to understand. That's where the truth is. Yes, and the truth is there are people out there that have gone sick from the jab, yet they still want you to get the vaccine, even though it messed them up already. That's another one that's oh, going man. on. <laughs> Insane. Capable of logic, they've lost all logic. And what's fascinating is think of the beauty, no, in, in a sense, the beauty technologically of um, these RNA uh, vaccines. It's amazing. No, it's really mind-boggling. All of the logic and the ration that went into creating this thing, it's incredible that you're able to make a, uh, you know, a vaccine of an mRNA. It's, it's incredible. But that doesn't mean we should – but all of that logic that went into creating it stops when it comes to should we use it or not. <laughs> you see what I mean? That's right. the problem. What's that quote? Oof. We have godlike. There's a famous quote. Basically, it says, you know, we, we're emotionally Neanderthals. We have medieval um, institutions and we have godlike technology. That's a bad mix. That's a really bad mix. It really is. It's a bad mix all around. And of course, we will be introducing flying vehicles very, very soon. So we have another set of issues coming around the bend. Yeah, I saw that. That Renault came out with a flying car, didn't they? I believe so. Life has gone very strange, and it doesn't stop there. Oh, yeah. It doesn't stop there. I mean, you also have a school shooting that went on just recently with uh, very strange-looking parents. It's like something out of a horror movie. God help us. I saw that. You saw you know, that? I didn't even want to get into it because it was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a bad enough mood as it is. 
And I don't need another horror story. Well, I mean, at least you're not, you know, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> a whole other, another, a whole other set of problems right there. At least you're not him. Oh God! And yeah, and he's he's got a lot of problems now because wasn't he on the plane too? Right? He was on the the Lead Express. I wouldn't doubt it. I heard that his uh, name came up in the. Uh... Don't worry, he didn't pull the trigger then either. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> yeah, someone pulled it for him, but that's another. You know, that's. Ooh. That's another. That's another thing. There, we will leave it alone. <laughs> we won't go any further than that here. That's th- those are underage girls, by the way. That was good. And that uh, Jeffrey Epstein also photographed with these girls. It's really dark. Yeah. It's really I bad. Use that in the, I use that in Twilight of the Archons. That uh, that portrait of Clinton. I love that. Yes, with the blue dress. <laughs> it's beautiful. I I really want that painting in my living room too. I kind of like that say it all. I kind of like Bill Clinton to be honest. I you know that's he's pretty historical. I mean, look what he pulled off in the Oval Office. Let's just be honest. Um. Yeah. He well, he pulled off and what got pulled. Yeah. Let's he work. got he got pulled in many ways, but pretty epic though. I got to be honest. No, but are you really an admirer of Bill Clinton? A little bit, not a lot, but I'm just saying, like as a, as a man, kinda. I mean, that's. That's kind of badass, to be honest. But I, it is really sick and repulsive, obviously, obviously. But I mean, kind of badass, just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit. But if you, <laughs> but if, if you look at what's her name, what was her name again? Monica Lewinsky. I mean, dude, if I'm president, I think I could do a little better. You than could Monica obviously, obviously, you could do way better if you're the president. You have that position of power, and you're around all these crazy women. No doubt. But I mean, look at the woman he was with. That's true. That's a big I mean, step up. That's a that's a huge upgrade. But if I'm Bubba and I'm in the White House, man. I mean, yeah, that yes. Hey, I'm with you on that. But you know, when you in Rome, when in Rome, I guess. With Monica Lewinsky, it was on Netflix or something. I don't think I saw that one. I don't think I saw that propaganda. I wish I did though. Oh my god! But it was I wish I did. It, was, it was like gossipy. But God, she was at, she's batshit out of her mind. They're all insane. Yes, they're all insane. I mean, I mean, just look at uh, what's her name there, Melania Trump, another crazy broad. Yeah, but at least Melania was hot. You know, I mean, she's hot and, and insane. She was also a call girl, also introduced by Jeffrey Epstein to the Don. But, but at least she's cute. You know, I mean, <laughs> it makes it all better, right? No, I mean, you know, I mean, if you know, do you think Donald, do you think Donald Trump, the ultimate narcissist, has any emotional attachment to anything? But not, himself? not at all. He's but he's he's a, he's a psychopath. I mean, the guy's nuts. Yeah, he's insane. He's a total psychopath, narcissist. But at least he's funny. You know, I mean, he is funny. He was, he's got good timing. I do, I do like this clip though when they were going after him. This, this Charges clip that Jeffrey Epstein was running a sex trafficking ring in the early 2000s oh, that included underage girls as young as 14 years old. Donald Trump in 2002 said of Epstein, he's a lot of fun to be with. It's even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. He, oh, shit. But see, at least the Donald said it. No, I mean, he came out and said it. I like young, hot girls. Okay, you're a man. I get it. But not these guys like, oh, no. Um, eh. Yes, it'd be it'd be a little different if it was, you know, like his daughter putting out a diary that she had these inappropriate showers with her old man. You know, and that's what happened with Joe Biden and Ashley. 
and, and that that diary thing, they tried to turn it against the guy. What's that guy? The um, what's his name? Who has that website with the films? Um, yes, I'm the, the you know, gentleman. Yeah, they tried to turn it against him as having stolen. He didn't right. steal it. So no, somebody gave, offered it to him, and he. Mm -hmm. and, What's his name? Uh, you know I'm talking about. I know you're talking about. Yes, I'm forgetting the guy's name at this hour. I didn't even know we we're going to be talking about th these crazy, um, th this crazy family, I should say. God, the Bidens are just sick. There you are. Can disgusting. You if, Hunter if Hunter Biden's laptop had been one of Trump's kids' laptops? I'm telling you, he would have been ostracized. Ostr the guy would have been in jail for child molest. They would have hung him. They probably would have hung him. They probably that's would why, have changed the law and say we're going to hang this bastard. That's why television. Robert. And, that's and why. What's his name? Anderson Cooper. Anderson he's Cooper. Like, oh, he's going to hang now. He's he's falling. Yes, this is this is why I said if Alec Baldwin had shot like a transvestite, like a tranny, oh. they would have they would have shot him on the set. There would have been they would have been like two dead bodies. Maybe three. Maybe three. They would have like they would have shot him at least fifteen times. They would have hung him. <laughs> They would have hung him right there on the spot. They would have lynched the guy. If if that was a Tran and he killed the Tran, you would bet your bottom dollar there would have been another, you know, isolated incident for sure. And no, that would be no mystery. <laughs> they they killed the guy. Oh, yeah. He would have been. But now it's like, oh, you know, Alec, I'm so sorry. Oh, God. Love that. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm telling folks, if you're one of those people, now's the time. Okay. Now is the time. Now time is the time. Through. Oh, there's no. My. You keep. If we wait, it, it, there's going to get a point where you know it's not going to be possible. Yep, that's what I'm seeing right now. I, I feel like the walls are closing in every year, and I mean, uh, I mean, this year we really saw it. We we're seeing the walls closing in on us. Our civil liberties are eroding day by day night by night hour by hour minute by minute it's truly sickening and robert it's been a blast to have you here i have no idea where you are um on this island earth right now currently you know you were kind of bouncing around the last time i talked to you so i'm not quite sure where you are geographically right now i am in tunis tunisia oh the shit old carthage, the old carthage from carthage and rome jesus I've been around, huh? You really have. You're a traveling man. <laughs> I am. I, I love that. Gene. I can't I, stand. I can't just can't stay still. Yes, you are the wanderer for sure. Absolutely, love that. So, Robert, go ahead and plug anything you'd like, or if you feel like saying anything that we didn't mention here during this um, interview, go ahead. Please feel free to plug away or to say anything you'd like. Final thoughts are all your own, my friend. Go ahead. Well, if what I've talked about resonates at all, please check out my documentary, Twilight of the Archons, on YouTube. It goes through this whole worldview and um, talks about money, consciousness, and it tries to tie it all together at the end. So, uh, yeah, check that out. You just go to YouTube, put in Twilight of the Archons, or you just put my name. Very nice. And that's thecactusland.com. Exactly. That's my website. You can read all my crazy articles. Very nice. It was great talking to you, man. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. It's been a while since we've last done this. I definitely want to bring you back on the show much sooner this time. Maybe we'll talk to someone uh, else while you're here. Maybe we'll both interview someone sometime, Robert. We'll uh, chop it up that way. Oh, that'd be great. We'd have a good time. I would like that. Yeah, that was a good rant. Yeah. I felt like a rant. It was fun. I liked it. <laughs> well, we'll do it again, my friend. I'll talk to you soon.
Thanks a lot, brother. Take care. Take care. And there he goes, boys and girls. That was our guest, Mr. Robert Bonomo. Great guest he was. I enjoyed our chat very, very much. And if you forgot, he is a filmmaker, blogger, novelist, and esotericist. And of course, works as a university lecturer to pay the rent, as well as an author of many, many great books. We really enjoy Robert Bonomo very much here. And of course, that's cactusland.com. That is where you'll find our friend Robert Bonomo. Yes, I believe that's his website. Yes, the cactusland.com. I was correct. That's his website. Check it out. And of course, I want to thank all of you out there for pressing play. I really appreciate all of you out there for hanging out with us here tonight. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And remember, this is a listener supported program. We need all of your help to keep the program rolling. If you want bonus material, please go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And yes, that is where gold falls from the sky. That is where you'll find plenty of bonus content. Of course, more episodes will be dropping there soon for all of you. That's exclusively on patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Once again, thank you so much for pressing play. I'll see you on the other side. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, mahalo. Welcome to the Ohio Hauntings and Legends podcast. We will be taking you to places you have never dreamt of going. Hundreds, if not thousands, of haunted and abandoned locations. We will visit with the paranormal from your nightmares and try to understand the unexplained. Ohio alone has 88 counties within our state, and virtually each one of those counties has a story to tell. Ohio's history is bloodstained throughout its history. We will be covering more than just Ohio. We will cover the state you live in, the country. Trust me. There are thrills, chills, and we are upping the fright factor with each new stop we make. 
We will be traveling the world, the globe, looking for the strange, the mysterious, and the frightening. Mostly, we will find the unexplainable. Many of these episodes are genuine. Others are legend or hearsay. Believe those that you choose or believe in none. It is your choice. Just get comfortable, sit back, dim the lights, and listen. Listen. 